0: Know. Hi everyone!
1: Welcome back, friends. Welcome to this exciting episode of I'm Horrified. I'm horrified. Here with Allie Rayner and Sam Buntich. I'm Sam Buntich. The dynamic duo. I'm Allie Rayner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I thought that would be assumed. Yeah. If you didn't say anything. Who's Who's coming in at episode 13. You should know who we are at this point. I will say this podcast is not a narrative podcast, so you can come in whenever. Yeah, I take that back. If you're just starting with us, welcome. (laughs) That's fine. Welcome aboard. We're glad you're here. Um, we're hoping that you enjoy what we're about to do to you. Oh, man. But you might not. I am, uh, feeling bummed out after my research for this episode. Yeah, you, I was looking over at you with your laptop. You looked really bummed. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sad. So let's figure out what we're talking about today. Sam, what are you covering? Today I'm gonna talk about Heaven's Gate. And I'm gonna talk about Tila Tequila. Two bummers. Two bummers. (laughs) Two things that I think are largely tied to the occult, if I'm not, (laughs) if I'm not wrong. Heaven's Gate is way more Christian than you might think. So is Tila Tequila.
0: (laughs) So is Tila Tequila. There you go. All right, through lines
1: already... already coming to the surface.
0: I never thought I'd think to myself, like, oh man,
1: I'm looking forward to Tila Tequila. I know. But I, somehow I am. Somehow she's gonna be, like, (laughs) the treat at the end of all this. Yeah, really she is. But we gotta earn it. We
0: really do, and let's get right into it. Let's get into Heaven's Gate. Tell me about it. Heaven's Gate is an American UFO religious cult based in San Diego, California. Founded in 1974 and led by Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Lou Nettles. That's the groundwork. The reason you and you listeners have heard of Heaven's Gate, just to like, spoiler warning, in 1997, their members had a mass suicide. It was the largest mass suicide to ever happen on American soil. Still. To this day. Because you said American soil and I was like, ah, Jonestown. No. American soil. American soil. And they left behind a website that was all their beliefs, heavensgate.com, which is still up and running to this day. But before we get to the very sad ending of Heaven's Gate, I want to take you back to the beginning. Huge shout out, and please, if you are looking for more podcasts to listen to, please, please, please listen to the Heaven's Gate podcast um, by Glenn Washington. He tells the whole story of Heaven's Gate in way more detail than I'm going to get into, and it's so compassionately reported and you talk to families of people who were in it and it's surviving members get to talk and there's videos like it's just so humanizing and compassionate towards these people that like have really become the crazy website that they left behind highly highly recommend that podcast let's start with our two founders of heaven's gate so the first is marshall herf applewhite Marshall Aperoy was um, a teacher. He was the son of a preacher. He was born in Texas. He had a wife and two kids. And then his life kind of started to go downhill. He, he was a music teacher and apparently a beautiful singer. And so um, his life kind of took a turn when he was um, fired from his job teaching at the University of St. Thomas over an alleged homosexual relationship with one of his students. Bummer. And there's, like, debate about this, about, like... He, it seems like he was bi, he was, like, some people think he was closeted, but other sources are like, he was pretty out. We'll get into this later, but Heaven's Gate doesn't believe in, like, sexual desire at all, so it was less, oh no, I'm attracted to men, and more, like, oh no, I'm attracted to any human that, like, he was having an internal problem with. That'll cause some internal strife, I imagine. Won't it? Won't it? Um, and he also is pretty sure that he's hearing the voice of God around this time. Naturally aren't we <laughs> uh and another fun fact about him he loves science fiction and like yeah. star trek and all of that kind of stuff
1: i don't want to get ahead of myself <laughs> but just so many things i'm like yep tila tequila as well oh, God. but i won't Oh my <laughs> I won't, God! i won't ruin it i didn't realize how well these two I topics know. would go together they really would have gotten along from the <laughs> from what really i hear would've.
0: so marshall applewhite he has lost his job His family is kind of falling apart. He's hearing the voice of God. And his whole life changes when he meets this woman named Bonnie Lou Nettles. And Bonnie Lou Nettles is kind of forgotten about as one of the founders of Heaven's Gate. And I'll get into that. But they were really equals if not Bonnie was the leader. She was a 44-year-old married nurse when they met. And they met at a hospital uh, where Marshall Applewhite was visiting one of his friends. And Bonnie was a nurse there. And she had a really big interest in theosophy. The way they described it is, like, religion plus. So it's, like, Christianity, but then it's also, like, astrology and the way that, like, the stars and stuff like that interact with the Bible.
1: Okay. And,
0: like, Christian beliefs.
1: I'm calling bullshit, but I'm big into astrology, so I don't
0: really know why I'm calling bullshit. (laughs) Fair enough. But, yeah, so she's super into astrology. She has four kids with her husband, but her marriage kind of starts to fall apart because Nettles believes that a 19th century monk named Brother Francis is speaking to her and giving her instructions about what to do and what the future holds. And that'll that'll make a little wedge in a marriage, I'm sure. <laughs> it really, if if you... she's got
1: a secret spirit boyfriend. Exactly.
0: Brother Francis, I'm sure, was fine. Oh, yeah. So she starts to hold seances. She's talking with mediums. She went to a fortune teller, and the fortune teller told her that she was going to meet a mysterious man who was tall with light hair and a fair complexion. Spoiler warning, Marshall Applewhite looks just like that. Perfect. So, these two people meet in this hospital, and she says to him that their meeting had been foretold by extraterrestrials, and that they together had, like, a divine purpose. And he's like, yeah. (laughs) What a hot pickup line. It's just, it's so interesting that, like, Marshall Applewhite was kind of, like, a semi-crazy dude, but, like, his life would never have become what it had become if he had not met Bonnie that day. I heard one cult expert, and he was saying, if Bonnie Lou Nettles had said to him that day, oh, you should go to India and find, like, a spirit advisor there, that would be a good idea for you, Heaven's Gate never would have happened. That's crazy. And it's like, because these two people who were experiencing the stuff they were experiencing met, felt this connection, and decided they had some kind of divine purpose, that's the reason that all this stuff happens 20 years later. That's so shitty. It is. It's crazy. So it's 1972 when they meet, and because it's the 70s, a lot of people are seekers, they're spiritual, they're looking for a higher purpose. So, Bonnie Lou and Marshall are reading all this scripture, they're looking at the stars, they're trying to figure out this divine purpose they have, and they realize that they had been chosen to fulfill a biblical prophecy and had been given, like, higher level minds than the other people in the world.
1: Oh, that's it. <laughs> They um they wrote a pamphlet
0: and they described Jesus's reincarnation as a Texan, which was a very thinly veiled reference to Marshall Applewhite, a man who was born in Texas.
1: And they <laughs> will s- <laughs> give you two
0: hints. Yep, yeah. they open a Christian bookstore that immediately fails, but through going all this, they realize that they are the two witnesses described in the Book of Revelation aren't we all (laughs) yeah why
1: why aren't we the two witnesses (laughs) i think we might be
0: i I didn't want to bring this up but i really think we might be oh my god what if we turned our twitter following into a (laughs)
1: cult that'd be amazing how many of you out there would join our cult please please message us (laughs) we'll do a twitter phone let let us know we might get pulled off of twitter for that (laughs) would you
0: leave your worldly possessions behind and join us in the desert yeah that's my question for you on twitter call now So Bonnie Lou and Marshall realize that they are the two witnesses. And they start referring to themselves as the two or the UFO two. Because they also believe in aliens. Natch. So they're going to all these spiritual groups, these other seekers, because it's the 70s and there's a ton of like weird Christian mystic sects happening. And they're like, hey, like, we're the two witnesses that are spoken about in the book of Revelation. And all these Christian sects are like, no, you're not. <laughs> we're good. We don't need you. Thank, thank you. you. And Bonnie Lou and, and Marshall are like, what can we do? Like, what the fuck? So they basically decide, like, all right, if we can't join a different Christian mystic cult thing, like, we're just going to have to find our own followers. The next logical step. And <laughs> spread the word that way. So they do. They start to gain followers. This group, which is sometimes called, like, the class. they Like, the group refers to themselves because, like, Bonnie Lou and Marshall are their teachers. Also, I'm going to stop referring to them as Bonnie Lou and Marshall because this time they start being known to their followers as T and Doe. Okay. So Bonnie is T and Marshall is Doe. And that's what they're known as until they both die. So why I'm gonna start referring to them as that. T is Bonnie. Doe is Marshall. I get I get it. As because it, it can get confusing because they're very similar names.
1: So, no. This all feels really straightforward and normal to me. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so they
0: start to form this group around themselves, basically, as the two witnesses. And they amass, like, a hundred followers. Like, pretty quickly, their their message of, like, ascending to a new level, the next level is what they call it, really catches on. And they have about a hundred followers by 1975. And in 1975, they decide, all right, we have to focus full time on this. So all of our 100 followers, we need you to sell off all your worldly possessions. We need you to cut contact with your families. Good. Quit your job come with us, wander the desert, sleep in tents, cut your hair, so we all have these androgynous haircuts. This is what we're doing. I mean,
1: what else are they supposed to do? Amen.
0: And the followers are like, yeah, that sounds good. And in 1975, like, they really go underground. And that actually gets, like, some news attention then, even. And mind you, the suicides don't happen until 1997. So this is, like, years and years before. So (laughs) now they've got this group. Uh, let me break down what these 100 followers are all believing in. Basically, all of the people who have joined Heaven's Gate, this cult, which had a few names, but I'm just gonna call it Heaven's Gate, because that's what it's known as now, wanted to get to the next level. And the next level was the evolutionary level above human.
1: They didn't even give it a name? Not that I could find. I didn't go all the way through their website because I was sad. Yeah, fair enough. But... (laughs) This is all they're doing all day, just sitting in the desert? They can't even come up with a name for the next level? God... (laughs) They believe that in the Christian Bible, the being that is called
0: God is actually a highly developed extraterrestrial. And that Jesus' successor and the present representative of Christ on Earth is Doe. Uh-oh. And Doe's bodily vehicle, which is what they call a human body, is inhabited by the same alien spirit which belonged to Jesus. Okay. So the spirit
1: (laughs) just, like, kind of goes from body to body.
0: Yes. Okay. And not only do they believe that, but they believe that T is God the Father in a human vehicle.
1: Yeah. So I even mean, yeah. a level
0: above, I mean, Doe being Jesus. Feels airtight. Feels pretty airtight. Basically, they feel like Doe and T have come to teach them how to get to the next level. And that to get to the next level, you have to throw off, like, everything human about you because you don't want to be a human anymore. You just want to focus on God and get to this next evolutionary step. So it means they give up their friends, their family, their sexuality, their individuality, their jobs, their money, and their possessions. And they focus only on heaven and getting to heaven.
1: Through the gate, right? Through the gate of yeah. heaven. Nice. Ding, ding, ding. We got it. <laughs> I can just end this podcast. You know what's up. Now we know what that means. We're done. <laughs> God.
0: So some of the ways they do this, they give up their uh names and instead they have like weird names that they add Odie to. So, so it's confusing. like, it's like three, it, the way it looks to me is that it's like three random letters and then Odie. So like their names are like Glenn Odie, Chick Odie,
1: Jin Odie, Odie, like that's the name that they all go by. Uh, that's just like, that's so much more complicated than <laughs> just being like, hey Lisa, can you just hand me that? <laughs> it is, it is. So they're giving up their names. They're giving up their sexuality.
0: So, like I was saying, Marshall Applewhite kind of had had um, a crisis because... Not necessarily because he was bi, but because he was feeling attraction to people at all. And so one of the teachings of Heaven's Gate is that, like, let's just not. We're focused on heaven. We're not focused on these earthly vehicles. They're not really us. What's us is, like, our soul. To prove this, and this is, again, like, kind of later in the group, eight male members of the group, including Marshall Applewhite, Doe, uh, voluntarily underwent castration in Mexico. Ugh,
1: no, no, it's
0: horrifying. Uh, and this, of course, was not done by like a doctor. It was done by one of their members, Livodi. What? Who, um, who had like worked in a doctor's office and in theory knew how to do it, but like she did a pretty bad job on the first one. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I know. But like Doe had floated at one point. Like I know you guys. It's really hard to avoid, like, these desires of the flesh. Like, sometimes I wish <laughs> we could all just get castrated. And they're like, haha, I know, right? And he's like, yeah, I know. So interestingly, it seems like the opposite happened. And he said, like, sometimes I wish I could, we could all just get castrated, right, you guys? And they were like, yeah, Doe, we'll do that. And he was like, whoa, like. Jesus. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, we, we, we could, but, like, I haven't gotten that directive, like, I was just throwing out a thought, like, that really wasn't. And they were like, but if we did, it would solve everything, Doe. Like, let's do it. If you said it, let's do it. And he was like,
1: well, it's just that, like, huh. (laughs) And then he turns to the camera like, looks like I've gotten myself in a sticky situation. Literally, yes. And it's, it
0: it just, that story cracks me up because it really does seem like he was just like, he just said something, not thinking that the group would be like, oh yeah, let's do that then. Boy, this story's a bummer, but that's, that's (laughs) truly funny. Right? It's, it's a little, it's a little humorous. So some of the members are getting castrated. They're all trying like not to have any sexuality or individuality. So they all have the same haircut, which is like a very short cropped haircut. And they all wear pretty baggy clothes all the time. None of them have jobs. And they talk about the classroom, which is their group, their class, and Doe and T are either the teachers or like older members are what they called Doe and T. And then as it goes on, Heaven Gates members realize that the planet Earth is going to be recycled. It's it's like an end of times that's not necessarily a sad thing, but it is an end of times. Setting your
1: iPhone down in manufacturer settings. Yeah. But something globally. like that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, a whole, the the whole Earth doing that. And so the only chance to survive this recycling of the Earth is to ascend to the next level. So they're really... Oh, what does that mean? (laughs) So at first, it just meant, like, learning, right? (laughs) That's how it starts. (laughs) It just meant learning. And they said there were a couple ways to move to the next level, which they called to graduate, because they think of it as, like, a classroom. So, number one, physically, a spaceship comes and picks you up. That's the best way to ascend to the next level. And they, they called it a spacecraft, which was the evolutionary level above human. Yeah. T-E-L-A-H. At first, Applewhite and Nettles, Doe and T, are like, this is how it's going to happen. Is that a physical, you will see a physical spaceship, we'll go up into it, we'll ascend to the next level. <laughs> then, for a reason that will become clear shortly, they say, okay, like, natural death can also let you graduate to the next level. Because your graduating soul is leaving your human container and will go to, like, a perfect next-level body. I feel in my bones where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> and then, later, they also say if there is outside persecution that leads to death, that can allow you to ascend to the next level. And the reason they say that is that after the death of the Branch Davidians... Doe was really worried that they were going to be prosecuted in the same way, so he wanted to, like, put a proviso in there that's like, if we are shot by the police, we are okay. Yeah. And we'll still ascend to the next level. So for a while, those are the three ways. A, full spaceship alien abduction. B, your body naturally deteriorates. Or C, you're killed in a Branch (laughs) Davidian-style assault on your compound. Then, in 1983, Bonnie Nettles, T, gets very sick. She has cancer, which is very sad. So she loses her left eye, but the doctor tells her the cancer is spreading throughout her body. And Doe and T say, It's going to be fine because we don't like this is not how we go out. It's not been foretold this way. So I'm going to be fine. Like T's basically like, This isn't, this is not going to kill me. I know I'm going like, to be fine. Yeah, but like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't even. It's fine. T was always the brains of the operation and Doe was the mouth. So it was always him reporting out stuff, but it was her who was consulting star charts and the Bible and coming up with these new ideas so she is confident that she's not really gonna die and she and doe say there's no way that I'm about to die of cancer because T and doe ascend together like that's part of being the two witnesses is that they go out at the same time and are like reborn together but unfortunately doesn't work like that and she dies of cancer in
1: 1985. And everyone's sad, but they're also like, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what do we do now?
0: Yeah. So basically that is when Doe puts that proviso in that's like, well, if you if your body if your vehicle breaks down, you can still you, you can still go to the next level because right. he is like so freaked out that T has died of this earthly disease when she was like his guide and teacher. He said to the group, Nettles has left because her work was done on this level, but he still had more to do. But inside, it seems like he was actually so freaked out that, like, what have I've been doing wrong, that she was ready to ascend and I wasn't. Right. He's, like, all of a sudden becomes very freaked out about that and does not know what to do with the group. So he starts becoming more controlling of the group. They were already very insular, but now they're, like, very, very insular. And they are, like, you have a sign-in and sign-out book in the house that they all live in. And, like, when you leave, you have to say where you're going and what you're doing and the time you leave. And then you sign back in, like, oh, I'm back and I did this and I spent this much money and whatever. Like, it becomes that tightly controlled. And a really sad story is that it seemingly months or maybe even a year after T died, he sent a video or just, like, a phone message to her daughter, Terry, to say, like, I just wanted to let you know T has ascended to the next level. And, um, like, I feel very lost. I don't know what I'm going to do without her. And Terry Nettles was, like, furious because she was like, why are you calling her T? Why aren't you calling her my fucking mom? Why yeah. won't you tell me where her body is or where you buried her? Why didn't you tell me right when she was fucking sick that this yeah, was happening? I would be furious. Yeah. So that's just, like, a very horrifying, sad aspect to it as well as this woman's family. But so, now we're getting into the 90s. And like I said, this group started in, like, this... Group became a real thing in, like, 75. It's been a while. So at this point, they've been studying in class for 20 years. Literally. Given up all their possessions. Some of them have been castrated. Like, proving themselves over and over again. And one of their older members, T, in theory, has graduated to the next level. In their beliefs. So they kind of start pressuring Doe, like, hey, what are we doing? Like, we feel like we've really been learning. We've proven ourselves. T has moved on where's our spaceship yeah like where's the spaceship at like or are we totally missing something and we need to study more that's okay but we need something and doe is grieving and has no ideas and he just kind of is like uh we're we're working on it i'm gonna figure it out i'll figure that out we're working on it be with you in a min Mm -hmm. and this is around the time that he floats so gently the idea of committing suicide to move to the next level and it seems like it was just like a group meeting and he had just like it was literally like a mention like we're doing this we're doing that da da da, da maybe we'll all
1: kill ourselves to ascend to the next level oh like we'll gosh. see anyways what's for dinner like it seems like it was that <laughs> all right graham you're gonna send the minutes from the meeting out to everyone great okay cool good we're done <laughs> we're done donuts in the back <laughs> thanks ma Odie.
0: anyways <laughs> uh like that's how low key he floats it but obviously the group is like
1: oh, mm mm-hmm. and after they're like leaving the meeting they're like did you catch that thing that he said <laughs> at the end about yeah the no 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god uh, that's literally this poor group so around this time towards 1997 you're also hearing about the hale bop comet which is this really intriguing astrological phenomenon this beautiful comet that only comes to earth once every like 100 years or something, 80-something, I don't know, once in a blue moon, beautiful, super close to Earth, really exciting. And of course, conspiracy theorists are like, it's an alien spaceship, like.
1: And everyone there is like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Literally.
0: So they, they can trace it to, like, this guy who had, like, a conspiracy radio hour, and they had found someone who had a photo of hale Bop, and it kind of looked like maybe there was something behind it. Right. And mind you, every other photo of the hale comet doesn't look like there's something behind it. But this one guy had this one photo, and, like, the rumors on the conspiracy radio channels were like, oh, wow, I wonder if that's a spaceship hiding behind it. Mm. And so the group starts to go, holy shit, a spaceship is coming. That's our ride. That might be our fucking ride out of here. Like, doe, what do you think? And And Doe's like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) And Doe's like, I don't know, like, maybe I'll really, like, I'll I'll ask T. Like, in theory, he's communicating with the next level. The rumors are spreading through the group, and the group is kind of preparing to maybe do this next thing. Originally, for years, the group had been against suicide. But then, Doe kind of recontextualizes that. And he says, they are defining suicide to mean turning against the next level when it is offered. I see. Which is a little different Then suicide being defined as ending your own life. And then he says he has a revelation that they might have to abandon their human vehicles like Jesus did. And he points out, like, Jesus died for our sins. He died for his father. But he, like, made that choice. That was a choice he made. Like, we'd be making the same
1: choice if we were to leave our vehicles. Right. Like Jesus did. I feel like the person in that meeting, like, okay... (laughs) I guess. So. I hear that. (laughs) That's when the fourth
0: way of getting to the next level is solidified. And the fourth way is if you decide to leave your vehicle along with your older member. If you do that, you can get to the next level. And Doe records a video called... Last chance to evacuate planet Earth before it's recycled. Uh Uh-oh. As basically a call to, like, the world. And he records this in November of 1996. And they commute to suicide in March of 97. So this is, like, a few months ahead. Mm -hmm. And he puts this video out there. The internet exists now to say the Earth is going to be recycled. It's a low-key doomsday scenario. And I am the person who can tell you if you go with me right now or in a few months... You're going to get to the next level with me. And, like, this is the last call.
1: It's only fair of him to let everyone know, I guess. Right? It's like at the bar. Like, it's closing time, basically. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Get out while you
0: can. It's just like that song, Closing Time. And also, around the time that he is recording Last Chance to Evacuate Planet Earth before it's recycled... And you can watch all of these on YouTube, which is what I was watching, I think, when you saw me in my headphones looking very sad. Mm -hmm. There's a video called Student Exit Statements. No. And Student Exit Statements is all the members of the group, I don't know if it's every member, but many of the members of the group talking about how they're 100% ready to leave their vehicle, how completely they trust their older members, T and Doe. Oh, come on. How excited they are to get to the next level, and how, like, grateful, They, they are all, like, so grateful to Doe. And like so many of them are like for putting up with all of us, like just for, you know, for working so hard all these years. And now I'm so excited to finally be able to move on. And they all seem like they're friends with each other and that they have a sense of humor about it. And like one guy's wearing a very silly hat for his whole video that I think like was like you can see the person next to him laughing, like thinking it's funny that he's wearing this hat while he's giving this speech. Like it seems it's so sad. It's so deeply sad, this video. That's so scary. Mm hmm. So, they've recorded their student exit statements, and Doe has made a last call out to people to say, like, this is the time we're doing it. And then on March 22nd and 23rd, 39 members committed suicide, or as they thought about it, they graduated to the next level. And the way that they did this was very ritualistic, and, like, you could tell they put a lot of thought and care into it, which is, like, very sad, and also, like, in a way, sweet. Like, it's so, it's so much so... So it's 21 women and 18 men, and they're ranging in age from 26 to 72, so it's oh a really big membership. And what they did is they all wore matching outfits, which was black sweatpants, a black button-down tunic, and just-out-of-the-box Nike Decade jogging shoes, which became a big PR problem for Nike after yeah, this all went down. Yeah, it's like
1: the white Bronco. Mm-hmm. You can't sell this anymore. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and they all had, like, their matching haircuts. Uh, they took phenobarbital mixed with applesauce. And they washed it down with vodka. And then when they laid down, they tied plastic bags around their heads to induce asphyxiation while they were already, like, whacked out on all these drugs. And so when they find these, it seems like they, in like three groups, kind of did this. Um, Each member is laid out, looks very peaceful. And they have this big square of deep purple fabric, like, shrouded over them. Except for the last two members, no one was left to do that for them. So you can tell who the last two were because they don't have the big purple shroud. That's sad.
1: Which is really sad, which That's is really scary.
0: Just really really sad. And so they had, mm-hmm. I mentioned before, they had this like sign in and sign out book for the members mm-hmm. and the people who decided to graduate, graduate to the next level, each signed out before. So like they oh actually have like this bizarre ledger of like who died when with who else. And they were, like, you can just tell they were so at peace. Like, Glenn Odie wrote Hasta la Vista, baby, like, in his ledger. Because he was just, like, so happy and so ready to go. And so sure. And so sure that he wasn't going. Like, he was just ascending. He was graduating. And they all had exactly $5.75 on them. And the $5 was a reference to vagrancy fines, which was, like, when you were just hanging out in a street corner, you had to pay $5. And they were all, all often doing that, like, trying to recruit and the 75 cents was for phone calls in like a phone booth basically so like it's like an in joke that they all had that and then they all were wearing arm patches that read the heavens gate away team and their computers in the mansion was uh-huh. flashing red alert like they had like put up a gif as like a joke
1: that's <laughs> so this is so crazy yeah it was crazy. So
0: it was thirty nine people. So okay. So they think it was, and that there was like no panic. Like yeah. there was no. No, they were, unlike Jonestown. It genuinely seems yes, like that's exactly what thinking no about. person was dosed against their will. Right. It really seems like every person who was there that day was like, "All right, here we go. Let's do it." Yeah. And like very peacefully went into that good night. So fifteen members died on March twenty fourth. Fifteen died on March twenty fifth, and then nine died on March twenty sixth. And uh, Doe, Marshall Applewhite, was the third to last person to take everything. And then it was the last two who were the ones found without the shroud and stuff and the bag over their head. And like I said earlier, it is the largest mass suicide ever on U.S. soil. The 39 people. The craziest and low-key most horrifying thing about this. And I mean, everything about it is just deeply sad. I mean, it's a cult scenario. Yeah. It's sad. Sad, end of days cult scenario. But the craziest thing is the website that they left behind. So if you go on heavensgate.com, the website is still there exactly as they had it in 1997. It is still maintained by living members of the group. And so um, if you go to it, it looks like it was made in 1997. And there's a flashing red alert. And it says, red alert, Hail Bop brings closure to Heaven's Gate. And then the little paragraph under that says, um, whether Hail Bop has a companion or not is irrelevant from our perspective. However, its arrival is joyously very significant to us at Heaven's Gate. That joy is that our older member in the evolutionary level above human has made it clear to us that Hale-Bopp's approach is the marker we've been waiting for, the time for the arrival of the spacecraft from the level above human to take us home to their world in the literal heavens. Our 22 years in the classroom here on planet Earth has finally come to a conclusion, graduation from the human evolutionary level, we are happily prepared to leave this world and go with T's crew.
1: Oof.
0: So they're like, T is up there. Like, that's how they all felt. And that she was telling them, now's the time. I sent this yeah. comment. And the, so, I mean, if you want to just be, like, bummed out, I recommend you go on the website. It's There's so much content on there. They've left, like, what is basically a press release. And it says, um, quote, by the time you read this, we suspect the human bodies we were wearing have been found, and that a flurry of fragmented reports have begun to hit the wire services. For those who want to know the facts, the following statement has been issued, and it's literally a press release about, like, we're all thrilled to go, we felt like we needed to go, we're going to what you know as the kingdom of heaven, but what we know is, like, an extraterrestrial next level. Right. So it's just,
1: like... This is this is just bananas. Like, yeah. I can't get over this.
0: Yeah, and like the website is really what has made them so well known as this crazy thing is because they they knew it would be a huge deal when they did this and they left, you know, in their own way, answers to all the questions that all of us would have. Yeah. Yep. They knew how they would be perceived and they were trying to get ahead of it by building this website that still exists and looks like it was made in nineteen ninety seven. So I mean, the whole story is horrifying. It's unique. In that it really genuinely seems like these people had a lot of kindness towards each other and did it in a ritualistic way and were not struggling at the end. But it's so deeply sad that, like, they were... It's like a real cult of personality. Like, every person talks about, I trust Doe and T. Yeah, it's so built
1: around those people. It's so
0: built around the two of them and so built around Doe after T graduated to the next level, died of cancer, that, like... Literally, they, could, they were like, once Doe is gone, it's I want to be gone. Yeah. I don't want to stay.
1: And this is the only chance to move on. Nothing should be that important to you. No person should be that important to you. Yeah. Ugh. It's so boy. sad. It's so sad. It's crazy. Please listen to the Heaven's Gate podcast. Which, yeah. We'll link to
0: it. Which, like, is able to take its time and just be more in-depth and, like, compassionate than I even have time to be. But... Yeah, that's, it's just, like, that's the
1: power of believing in one person so much. Yeah, which is so dangerous. hmm Almost always. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's fascinating. It's
0: deeply fascinating. It's so horrifying. Cults are so fascinating and also very sad. And, like, and then again, like, part of me is, like, I fucking hope they did get to the next level. And they're... And they're hanging with the aliens.
1: Well, because that's the other thing is, like, I don't know what happens when you die. Don't try to find out. Mm-hmm. We'll all get there in our sweet time. But, mm-hmm. like, part of me is, like, well, I don't know any better than you, but, like, I can't even go down that road. Yeah. Who, who knows? But, like, that's not the right thing. No. Don't, 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 don't. No.
0: Um, so that's Heaven's Gate. That's that. Let's, let's segue on to something that apparently has a lot
1: more connections to Heaven's Gate than I even realized. Yeah, this is actually a really good foundation. Wow. Um, so, Sam, are you familiar with Tila Tequila? I am only
0: familiar with, uh, a shot at love with Tila Tequila, and I think that probably comes, like, early to
1: mid-career correct (laughs) um let's start from the beginning
0: yeah let's i want
1: you to go way back for tila tequila and then i want to see the future of tila tequila right i want a full there's no future god willing (laughs) um so tila tequila originally named tian nguyen was born in singapore in 1981 so she's like in her 30s now -hmm. uh her family actually traveled to singapore via vietnam after the vietnam war so she's initially vietnamese um so that's interesting backstory for her She traveled to Houston, Texas when she was just one year old, so she lived in America for most of her life, Mm -hmm. uh, where she lived in a gated community run by a strict Buddhist temple. Interesting. So that's interesting. It might actually explain a lot of the things I'm about to tell you (laughs) about (laughs) her. So her nickname, Teal Tequila, was a name she got um, when she was at school due to her allergy to alcohol. There's a specific alcohol allergy um, or like your whole body gets flushed, and that is something that happens to her, which is interesting because she is so branded around like party culture. Yeah, and I'm like, you can't throw back shots. Interesting. You can't throw back a shot at love. Oh, not My there God. yet. <laughs> um, so she eventually left Texas for California, blaming a turbulent childhood and home life. Mm-hmm. She was trying to get away from that. Um, so she modeled, um, even for Playboy at one point, but rose to prominence initially because of her MySpace. Um, remember, these were the days when you do that. Remember when you could when do you do become MySpace yes. famous? Um. um, she was a famous MySpace cyber girl. So she joined MySpace in 2003, and by 2006, she had one million quote-unquote friends, which was a big deal back then. Yeah. Um, I, it, in the olden days of MySpace. I think I had, like, 300 friends, and I oh was super proud of it. Yeah. Um, also, she was a singer, I guess. I don't... Of course she was. Yeah, I don't have any information about that no <laughs> um because all her songs are terrible though i think one of them is still on my um iphone because i had one of them in my teen years what yeah yep i must listen to it later it's, a, it's something it's a banger <laughs> it's a little bit of a banger no it's not so in 2006 at the apex of her career career she landed an mtv show called tila tequila a shot at love yes which you're familiar with. It was called A Shot at Love because the logo had two shot glasses in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And this show was kind of like The Bachelor, but with one important twist. With one very important... Very important (laughs) twist. twist. So during the first episode, she revealed that she was bisexual and that not only 16 straight men, but also 16 gay women would be vying for her affections. So maybe at that time that was progressive? <laughs> yeah, it feels like she might be a bycon. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what MTV was thinking, but dear lord, nothing has done so much damage to the queer and bisexual community <laughs> since that show. True. It was a glorious train wreck. I watched every episode. I remember Measel. it. And it was so blatantly sexual, like, I'm not even sure how MTV got away with airing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> During the first season, she narrowed it down to one man and one woman and ended up picking the man, Bobby Banhart, who, after the show's finale, took to the internet to tell everyone, quote, she never called me after the last show, and no <laughs> one would give me her number. <laughs> oh my god! Honestly, find that hysterical. I find that, hysterical. I find that hysterical. But so Tila responded that she had wanted to pick the runner up, Danny, but the producers wouldn't allow it. Like, the producers of this bisexual <laughs> show wouldn't let her pick the woman, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so, but as you'll learn later, she's not really to be trusted. Fair. So, yeah. Uh, they did one more awful season of it in 2007, and then they kicked her off for a pair of bisexual twins, after which they re- poetically renamed the show A Double Shot at Love. Oof. Um, I would like to just, at this time, extend my condolences to the bisexual community <laughs> that they had to live through that. Yeah, that's um, hard. Um, because that's, like, pretty much the only representation they got until Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Amen. I just can't imagine, like, coming to a realization within yourself circa
0: 2006, like, wow, maybe I'm attracted to both men and women, and maybe that's okay. And then, like, you're clicking <laughs> that through, and there's fucking Tila Tequila having people, like... Giving people the key to her box or whatever the fuck that show's gimmick was.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. (sighs) So that happened to all of us in 2007. We lived through it. And so after that, Tila kind of faded into obscurity, we thought, for a little (laughs) while. But not for long, unfortunately. God. The people who know what I'm about to talk about will probably be surprised to learn that in 2012 she announced publicly that she would be converting to Judaism. Mm. Stating... Quote, I just feel like the Jewish people have such a beautiful way about them, and I can't wait (laughs) to officially be Jewish. Shabbat Shalom. End quote. (laughs) She's also a seeker. She is a seeker. That's okay. So we're going to take a little bit of a turn here. The next year, she did something different. Um, In December of 2013, she posted a Photoshopped image of herself dressed as a Nazi standing in front of Auschwitz. Bad. Bad. so
0: did she go through with that converting to Judaism thing, or does it seem like that didn't? Happen? Couldn't fact check.
1: Gonna go with no.
0: Feels like a feels like a strong no, but I just wasn't sure.
1: Yeah. So that happened, and the whole world was like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" She also um, referred to herself as Hitila, which is like a combination of Hitler and T- and Tila. Oh. What? And she posted a YouTube video named why I sympathize with Hitler part one. I'm not laughing because that's funny. I'm laughing because it has a part one after it. Is there a part two? I don't know. I couldn't bring myself to Google it. God. But so this is the whole through line of, like, all of this stuff is objectively terrible, and, like, the alt-right and antisemitism and, like, the neo-Nazi movement is, like, fucking horrific and gross, Mm -hmm. but, like, this... This stuff is just objectively hysterical because she's so bad at it. Like, she's so terrible and ridiculous at, like, putting forward these ideals. It's like, what even are you? So after that charming video, Why I Sympathize with Hitler Part 1, was released, she got kicked off Celebrity Big Brother. So she released a statement that said, quote, I am in no way, shape, or form a racist or nor anti-Semitic and absolutely not 100% a Nazi supporter that's confusing. Like, absolutely not. I'm 100% not. Yes, a Nazi. I don't know. Like, that was confusing. She was trying to hedge there. She was hedging. So I guess the whole world was like, okay, like, you can't really wash that away, but okay. But fine. Okay. So I guess, you know, that didn't work. She decided to just go back to the old faithful. In 2016, she posted a Photoshop picture of her and Hitler together with the caption, hashtag soulmates.
0: So I don't want to say this feels like she's trying to get some clicks. Yeah. But it feels like she's maybe sad that Myspace doesn't exist anymore and is trying to get some clicks. Maybe she needs
1: those clicks and Ugh. will do anything to get them. God, hit Tila. S- fuck yeah. up. Ugh. You almost had it out. You almost got out of the woods there, Tila. Oh, God. You know, releasing your statement. Um... You came this close to not being a Nazi and you lost it. (laughs) You just lost it. We were rooting for you. We weren't. (laughs) Um, So from then on, she continued to tweet anti-Semitic and pro-Nazi ramblings. She naturally endorsed Donald Trump for president in 2016. Not a shock. Classic. And she also posted frequently about how she is actually God and controls the universe. So here we, you know, hearken back to your segment. Okay. That sounds about right, right? Wowee. Oh, this I found interesting. There's a photo of her and some other white supremacist assholes doing a Nazi salute, um, which, like, went viral on the internet, and apparently that was taken in a Maggiano's Little Italy, (laughs) which is a restaurant that we both love. Yeah, we've been to Maggiano's. It's so delicious. There's one in Boston. Yeah, the
0: one in Boston is very good, Um, and apparently a safe
1: haven for white supremacists. Okay, so they didn't know. Oh, good. I mean, maybe they did know, so I can't really endorse them either way, Yeah, but... They said that they had no idea that this neo-Nazi gathering was happening in their (laughs) (laughs) Italian-American restaurant. So they fervently apologized on Facebook the next day, which I find hysterical.
0: (laughs) The Um, things that companies have to... That's like when, um, in that last Donald J. Trump Jr. episode when Skittles had to be like, we don't think
1: refugees are like Skittles. Yeah, don't talk about Skittles that way. (laughs) My lord. Um, so... Honestly, that's about it. Um, most of her nonsense is just on her Twitter, so I thought I'd read some of her tweets I'd for you. I'd love that. Is Is that yes, okay? Yes, please. Um, all right, first one. Uh, quote, my actual brain, located on the moon, is just having a grand old time remote controlling everyone on Earth like an arcade, end quote. Cool. Yeah. Makes sense.
0: I mean, if my bro, If my... <laughs>
1: she's making me short circuit yep
0: if my brain was located on the moon and was controlling everyone like an arcade game
1: i'd also be having a great time me too next one um one day when you get to my level of awakening you'll remember what i said and think holy fuck tila knew exactly what she was talking about (laughs) (laughs) i love that one put that on my grave i want Um, a sticker with that tweet (laughs) yeah um and then the last one there's a lot of them. I literally can't list them all. You're all gonna feel so fucking stupid when I post the proof of the hashtag flat earth. Should I do it now or later? Either way, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd say do it now, Taylor. Yeah. I'd love to see the proof Give of me that the hashtag proof. flat earth. My lord. So she also has a YouTube account called Tornado Tien, which is includes a 45 minute rant which which reminds me of like the fire and brimstone chapters of the scarlet letter where she's like reading from the bible god. and like yelling about stuff and the video itself is entitled god sent me here to judge the world which is confusing because i thought that she said she was god mm. so it's like you sent yourself here <laughs> um confusing i only watched like 3 minutes of it but within those 3 minutes i heard her say i smite many many people and hey if i haven't it's because i've shown you mercy so good news here, uh, listeners, if you are still with us, it's because Teal Tequila has shown you mercy. Well done all. You know that song, um, Jesus Loves the Little Children? Tila loves the little children, <laughs> all the little children in the world. Yeah, correct. That's it. That's the real, that's the real one. Wowee. Wowee. So that's her, and, like, I hope that there's no more Hope, I'm sure there will be. And
0: I hope she just takes a beat
1: and yeah. calms down. She's got kids. She has kids? Yeah, those poor kids. Damn.
0: I just, like, she's a person of color. Also a white supremacist somehow. Yeah. Which is deeply confusing. All right, you guys. man Covered a lot of ground. If you think you're God, take a minute. That's what I'm taking from this whole podcast. No,
1: you know what? If you think you're God, message us on Twitter. We'll We'll talk about it. I don't know that we should invite that. All right. At I'm Horrified Pod, (laughs) let us know. All right. Stay horrified out there. Stay horrified.